Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. I'm Lindsay Titus, your behavior and mindset coach, ready to help you define who you get to be and who you get to show up as every day as an educator. And today, I'm excited to dive into this topic. It just, (laughs) in true transparency, came to me this morning um, because something that I'm always kind of, I don't want to say struggling with, but kind of challenged by, something I'm always thinking about, right, is I am, I am both. I am a mindset and behavior coach. And so much of what I share is on mindset, right? It's how do we define who we are? And the reason for that is because I think there's so much information out there on the other topic. There is so much out there on behavior management and behavior strategies, and I've consumed a lot of it. And I hope you're consuming some too. Like It's not bad information. But what I know from my own personal journey is that that is what I did anytime there was a problem, anytime there was an external situation in my classroom that I had no idea how to solve or I thought I had no idea how to solve, I would go immediately to those resources, right? I would go to the books. I would go to um, the internet. You know, podcasts weren't necessarily huge at that point, but I think like now if I was a new teacher, there's you're inundated with information. You're inundated with strategies to try. You know, it's like one search through social media and it's, you know, got this problem, try this. You got this going on, try that. And I lived that lifestyle, and I now call that lifestyle the merry-go-round effect, right? We try all the different things. We hop on the different horses. We get a little bit of leverage, right? Think about a horse. It goes up and it goes down. Like We get movement, but at the end of the day or at the end of that ride, right, you are still just going in circles. And it's that feeling of like, man, this worked last week. Why is it not working this week? This worked this morning, and how did it already fall apart by this afternoon? And I truly believe the reason for that is because all of those strategies, most of those strategies are externally based. And if we do not take the time to look within and make those internal changes, really, truly understanding what is our mindset when it comes to behavior, yes, but more importantly, our life in general, because your life is more than your career. It's more than your profession. And it can be a big part of it. I love what I do. I am fully consumed a lot of the time by what I do. I'm constantly reading and listening and talking and soaking up things. I was at a concert last night with my daughter, (laughs) her very first concert, which total tangent, but we went to see the Kids Bop concert, which was great. It was fun. It was enjoyable. You know, as a mom, like going to a concert where you don't have a lot of control, right? You are surrounded by a lot of people um, and you have, you know, have to kind of surrender to other people. And I have a history of concerts, right? I have this like history of thought and it's like, it's scary, right? There's usually a lot of drinking, a lot of swearing, a lot of just adult behavior that is just 
in my mind, like not something I love, but I love the music and I love going with people and experiencing that. And I wanted to experience that with my daughter. And so I thought, you know, this Kids Bop concert would be the great like first step. And it was, it truly, truly was. Um, and it was a very different experience from most adult conference or con- conferences, adult concerts. You know, it was all about the music. It was all about the energy. It was all about like just looking around and watching these kids have the time of their lives. It was truly, it was such it was just a core memory, right? Like it was one of those moments that just made everything make sense. And not going to lie, I totally just lost my train of thought as to why I was sharing that story. But that's okay. <laughs> that happens. Um, yeah, it's gone. That's okay. Um, maybe I just wanted to share with you my my thoughts on the concert. Um but let's go let's go back to what I I do know what I was talking about. Um and that is mindset, right? The mindset we hold because no matter what we are doing, we are so much greater than that that part that we think, right? I can love what I do. I can be immersed in what I do, you know, as a behavior specialist, as a speaker, as a host, as an author. I can absolutely love that and I do. And I also can be fully immersed in being a mom and being a wife and right there's that three letter word and i can be fully immersed in being me in being lindsay because living a life defined by you means you get to define what you are doing each and every day you get to define your thoughts you get to create meaning from what your thoughts are saying to you and you get to define a life that matters to you right you get to find meaning in your life every day which is very different than trying to figure out the meaning of life, right? I'm always fascinated by how words are so small often yet have such great meaning and impact, right? So if we think about that, meaning of life versus the meaning in life, so different, right? So by finding meaning in your life means letting go of what you think or how you think things should be, right? Living in Shouldville and allowing ourselves to be open to expansion and opportunities that come our way. So why do I share all this before getting into today's episode? Because again, if we go back to the beginning where I was sharing, right? So often when we're faced with challenges, especially as a teacher, right? And I'm going to focus, you know, a lot of my conversations in the next few podcasts really about student behavior because that is a passion near and dear to my heart, right? And we look for external resources. We read the books, we listen to the podcasts, we, we read the blog posts, we ask the questions, we go to the conferences, we do all the things. But why I spend so much time, so much more time sharing personal internal strategies rather than external strategies is one is for two reasons. One, the external strategies will only take you so far. Like I said, they're going to work until they don't work. And then we have to reevaluate and redesign and reflect. And that is part of the process. There is no one strategy out there that is going to work 100% of the time because that's not life, right? Even think about even recipes, right? You can follow a recipe to a T and it still turns out different. Why? I don't really know. (laughs) Other than there's just a lot of variables, right? Maybe you use a different sugar. You still put in a quarter cup, but maybe it was a different brand, right? You cooked it at 325, but maybe the the temperature in the house impacted the cooling or, you know, again, I'm I'm not a baker. I'm not a chef. I am not a cook. Really, I can follow simple recipes. 
But what I do know is I have made the same thing twice and it's come out different both times, right? And so this is to say, like, stop looking for that perfect thing and start realizing that perfection is in this present day moment. Perfection is now. And so that is why I will always share internal strategies before I share external strategies. But as I was getting ready for today, I thought, you know, what if there are listeners, because I know you're out there, I was there too, that are like, okay, Lindsay, I've done the work, right? I've worked on me. I've done the internal practice. I'm continuing to do the internal practice because remember, that does not stop. (laughs) That is not like something we just say, okay, I did it. I'm done. But I have that. I'm in the good space with that. I've worked on myself. I've worked on the internal Now what? Like, how do I best prepare for the upcoming school year? How do, what steps can I take to get there? And so that's what today's episode is really going to be. I'm going to share just some tips and and strategies that I use um, and I recommend, you know, to those that I coach, to those that I speak to on how to now take it to that next step, where to focus next. When we're thinking about that external concept, because we have a good plan for the internal. But please, if you are listening to this and continue listening, I know you will gain you know, knowledge from it. But if you do not have you know, the, the process in the works yet for that internal piece, that is where 100% I will always recommend you to start because you are defining your life. Do not let those external sources define who you get to be as an educator and beyond. Okay? All right. So The first activity, and this is really, this is less of a strategy and really more of an activity. So as you listen, you know, my recommendation is you listen one time and then go back and do the activity um, just to kind of get your your head around what it actually is that we're doing here. So the first activity is really a classroom design activity, and it involves visualization, it involves reflection, and it involves kind of going deep on what is it that you desire most for your classroom. And so that's kind of our anchor statement is what do you want or what do you desire your classroom to look like, to sound like, and to feel like. But as we're going to design this, we're actually going to go an alternate route. We're going to change it up a little bit and we're going to do what does it sound like, what does it feel like, and then what does it look like. And I'll explain the reasoning for that in just a moment. And so when you are doing what does it sound like? I want you to close your eyes. This is an activity that really does benefit when it's done in silence. Okay, don't try and do this with TV on, with, you know, your kids, own kids in the background screaming. This is really a moment um, to really get in tune with yourself, right? And already you're noticing, right, I'm having you do an activity for external, right, for your classroom, but I'm asking you to go within. Another reason why that internal work is so key and so important. So you're going to close your eyes and you're going to visualize this ideal classroom. And maybe it's one you've had. Maybe it's one that you're like, man, this is just what I so desire. This is my ideal room. And I want it to be yours. Do not do not visualize your, you know, your colleagues. Don't visualize somebody you've seen on the Internet. Visualize your ideal room. What is important to you? Okay. what do you hear as you are visualizing this classroom? Do you hear laughter? Do you hear silence? Do you hear a combination, right? Is it, there's a continuum there, right? What is that continuum for you? Do you hear your students asking you questions? Do you hear students reflecting? 
Do you hear yourself telling a lot of information or doing a lot of noticing and wondering type language? Do you hear gratitude and celebrations? Do you hear students asking and answering each other's questions, right? I just gave you a lot of information, right? I just gave you a lot of ideas. And initially, your, may, your brain might say, yeah, yes to all of them. Like, check, sounds good. Lindsay gave me the information. All of those really are important, right? Like, I think all of them, <laughs> if I'm going to say the word should, like, or I guess, no, I'm going to change it. I would love to see all of those, right, in an ideal classroom. So what I want, I'm going to push you to do is go beyond the yes, right? Go beyond that sounds good. What does it actually sound like? Like, get so specific. It's so crystal clear. What are your kids laughing at? Right? What questions are they asking? What type of gratitude are you hearing? Go deeper than you initially want to go. The other piece with this, and I'm going to share this at the end, but I'm going to share it now too. After you do this, I'm going to ask you to take a break from it. I'm going to ask you to create space for a couple days even because your what comes initially to you and then when you come back to it, it expands so much because you've started that process. So it's okay if not a ton comes right now. The fact is you planted the seed. And so what probably will happen or what happens more often is you will do this and then like two hours later as you're washing the dishes or you're getting ready for the day or you're out at the grocery store, you're going to have this thought come to you and be like, that's the sound, right? Or you're going to hear something somewhere else and say, that's it. That's what I was trying to you know, verbalize before. So just take out your phone, make a notes section or bring a notebook with you and just write it down. And then add it when you get to that place. All right, so that sounds like, now feels like, okay? So when you enter your room, when you're in your space, when you are there, what do you feel, right? And we're going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. And I want you to think about different vibrations of energy. I will post a link in the show notes to some different vibrational scales because it's so important to realize there is movement in our emotions, right? We know emotions to be energy in motion. So I want you thinking about beyond like, I just want to feel good, right? We want to go deeper than that. Do we want to feel things like joy, empowerment, appreciation, enthusiasm, passion, optimism, hopefulness? Like, what do we want to feel when we walk into that classroom? Okay. Again, go deep with it. Take a look at some of these different scales I'm going to share with you so you can really get in tune with when I enter my space, when I'm in this space with my students, how do I want to feel? Now, Using that information, what does it look like? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to anchor into the sounds you want to hear and the feelings you want to feel. And now we're going to design that ideal classroom. What does it look like? Now, your brain, if you are like me, <laughs> will go to immediately go to the constraints. I don't have that furniture. I don't have control of the wall colors. I don't have a budget and so on and so on, right? But go beyond that. Let yourself imagine. I think as human beings, we don't let ourselves do this enough. Go beyond the constraints. Just have fun with it. Draw it out. Make a brain dump list. Whatever works for you, okay? What does it look like? Okay, and again, get specifics. Don't worry about the constraints. Don't worry about the, I don't have that. That's okay. That's not why we're doing this. We're doing this to create a space that is your sounding board, is your foundation to build upon as the school year goes. Because here's what I've learned. 
Our bodies, right, our action cannot go somewhere our mind hasn't already been. So if I don't know what I desire, right, the sounds, the feelings, the, the observations, if I don't know what I desire, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook to my past. I'm going to hook to the experiences I've already lived. And if that hasn't worked for me, then I don't want to relive that. I don't want to just re-experience that, right? That's the hamster wheel or the merry-go-round effect. And instead, I want to remain open to the endless possibilities and opportunities that are out there for me. So once you've got your design written down, now you're going to take that space we talked about. Take some days off from your list. Give space to that to your thoughts. It is so, so important. And when you return, review that list. Make some changes that feel aligned, right? Like I said, you might think of other things. You might add, you might take away. You might be like, that's really not important to me anymore. And you create, recreate it. And you can do this for as long as you need to, right? You can take as much space as you want. Don't set the, a timeline, even by day one, right? Like if you, maybe you catch this episode and you're already into October, that's okay. This is ongoing work. There is no deadline. There is no, if you don't do this before the first day of school, it's not going to work for you. Yet sometimes that's what our brain tells us to keep us safe in the certainty of what we've, all, what we've always done. But I listened to Haley Hoffman Smith this morning who shared a reel about uncertainty. And she said, the fact of the matter is we're all experts on uncertainty because every day we wake up is actually uncertain. And it was that reminder that I needed that that's absolutely right, right? Like she absolutely nailed it, at least how it resonated with me. I can have my days planned. Like I can know when I wake up, okay, this is what's going to happen today. But at the end of the day, I don't actually know that that's going to happen until it's happened. So every single day we conquer uncertainty because we don't actually know things are going to happen until they happen, (laughs) right? Plans change, people change, um, plans get canceled. We think of other things, right? All that, all that change happens. And so you are a champion of uncertainty. And so own it, celebrate it. So now that we have this design, right? Now we're back. Okay, we've come in and we're like, this is it. Okay, now we're going to start to make some aligned and honestly easier decisions. And you're going to focus on two things. What you can control, right? Remember, we made you kind of made that mental list before of all the things you can't control, right? Those constraints that came about. But you're also now going to think about what can I control, but also what aligns to your vision, right? You're going to see things on social media that look cool, that look like you got to have it, but does it align to the sounds and the feelings, right? The looks aren't as important. Let's just face it, they're not. But our brains and social media tells us they are. I would rather you focus on what the sounds and what you're feeling, what you want and what you desire to feel. And then you're going to pick one or two. Yes, that's it. One or two (laughs) changes that you can implement today, right? This is part of that small, simple, yet strategic effect that I wholeheartedly stand behind, right? Small, it really takes you no additional effort or energy, right? It shouldn't need to be like, I need to go to the store and get this so it can happen. And then simple, really having it done in a short time period, okay? If you had to make it happen today, what would you pick? Start small, don't overcomplicate it, and take the action, right? We sit behind so many of these decisions, but I want you to take that step. I want you to build because here's why. Success builds your confidence. And both success and confidence are strengthened with experience. So we've got to have that, that you know, kind of, 
I don't want to say linear effect because it's really not linear, but we've got to have that combination in order to actually move our momentum forward. So success builds confidence. That comes first. We've got to do things. <laughs> We've got to make it happen. And then those are both strengthened by experience, by doing it, by learning the lessons. When things don't go as we intended, great. Some might call that failure. I just call it opportunities for learning, right? Then we keep going. Now, questions I often get and see on social media related to this concept. Do I design my room or do I let my students, right? There's that, there's that tug of war effect. Is it for me? Is it for my kids? And my answer is it's for both, okay? So yes, it's important that the students have a voice in the classroom, but it's also essential that you are represented as well because you are part of the community too and your voice matters. So a common activity that I see both on social media and also in the schools I work with, this is, this is just an example that's done the first week of school. It's like the best part of me activity. You guys have probably seen it, but if not, you ask the kids that, what's the best part of you? Like what's the best feature, the best part of you? And then you take a picture of that specific part of the student to represent and they, you know, write a little bit or I love, again, expand. It doesn't always have to be writing, like expand it. Maybe they take a few other pictures. Maybe they draw a picture. Maybe they write a poem. Maybe they express it in a song. Like how fun would that be, right? And so, but but basically the point is they pick what their best part is. They show some explanation about it and then it's usually put up into a bulletin board, right? But I see so many of them where the staff aren't represented. Like the teacher's not on there. And I'm like, but where are you? <laughs> What's the best part of you? So making sure that you as the staff are represented too in any of these community building activities that you're doing. And so it's also why I love to start small, right? Because I don't want you making all the decisions because yes, your students do need to be involved. But if you don't know, again, if you don't know what your what your foundation is for you as a teacher, then you're gonna start linking to other narratives. And yes, while it's so important that our students have a voice, and I hope you're hearing that they do need a voice, um, you, you need a voice too in the classroom, that it's your home base as well. It is your workspace, okay? So make sure that you're included too. Um, you are a core, if not the core strategy to the classroom or the office that you're a part of. So make sure you are including yourself, okay? So that, like I said, that's really an activity, right? That's really a really crucial activity that I recommend to anybody that I am coaching, anybody that I am doing intensives with, um, which just, if you are not aware, so I offer both, okay? I offer both one-on-one -on -one coaching that is more long-term, that's at least six weeks, but it could be, it, it doesn't necessarily have an ending point. That is where you really want to dive in week after week or every two weeks into goals and habits that you want to create to help define the life that you desire to live. I also offer intensives, which are one or two sessions that really are activity-based, right? We're going to we're gonna help create your mission statement. You're going to help create your classroom leadership plan. We're going to help create a time and energetic management plan to help you in the upcoming school year, right? Those are two different um, services. And so this is really an example of you, if you were you looking to kind of go deeper with that, this would be an awesome opportunity to connect so we could do that intensive work on that short time frame. Okay. These next tips I'm going to share are, they, they could be activity-based. Actually, a couple of them are, um, but they're also just things to consider. Okay. So I'm going to share three, but please, 
please know that this list is endless, right? This list is open. So these are three recommendations, but these are not three must-dos, <laughs> okay? This is a time that through reflection, you're going to determine what is best for you, all right? But if you are somebody wondering, like, where do I start? Here are three ideas that I would love to share with you. First one is understand that rules and expectations are different from values, okay? Within your class, you really want to consider and do, <laughs> if I'm being honest, you want to create those classroom expectations, or sometimes I hear them called commitments, which I love too, and ensure that they align to a class value. Because here's the thing, the expectation or the commitment, it's going to tell you what. It's observable. If I come in, I'm going to be able to see those expectations. But the value is going to tell you why. Because if you can't answer, why do we do this, that expectation is going to be less likely to follow, right? There's not, there's not that buy-in. There's not that autonomy. How does it relate to me, right? Which so many of our students developmentally that is where their brain is at. They're not choosing to be kind of self-focused or self-centered. Developmentally, that is where their brain focuses first. So there has to be that connection piece. But so we want to ensure that our expectations are able to be followed through on as well. This is really, really important. We want to avoid that all or nothing thinking. So here's an example I see a lot as a behavior specialist. The expectation is we raise our hand before we speak, right? However, I can't tell you the number of classrooms that I've been in over the last 18 years where it's almost like at certain times we raise our hands, but then at other times the teacher will say like, okay, just yell out an answer. Or there's been times where I've seen kids with their hands raised and then another student yells out and that student for yelling out, the answer is praise, but the, the, the raising the hand isn't addressed, right? And so part of it, as you're coming up with these expectations, it's, is does that really matter to you, right? Which is why we go back to what does your sound like or what does your classroom sound like? That's why I have you do that activity first, because maybe it's not you raise your hand every single time, but what is important about raising our hands? It's so one person ideally speaks at a time. So we want to be mindful of those expectations because here's another piece that I've learned. Students with autism or other learning profiles that have that more linear thinking, it can be really frustrating to them. I've had several students talk to me at times where they're like, what's the point in that rule if it's not going to be followed? And I don't blame them, right? And so think about something like raising your hand, right, which could still be an expectation, but also then maybe share examples and non-examples so students know what that boundary is, right? You might say, okay, guys, this next activity is going to be a shout-out activity. It's not a raising hand activity. This one is, right? But no matter what, we're going to connect it to why. So why do we raise our hand in this classroom? And maybe it's because your classroom values student voice. Maybe it's value of respect, of diversity, making sure everybody can share, making sure that it's maybe it connects to kindness, right? These are activities you're going to do with your students. You might have a list already in your head or already written down, right? Because that's important that your voice is shared too. But this is an activity I would do with my students, and I would do it several times a year, actually, to make sure that the expectations still align with the students in your classroom community. As you grow as a classroom community, things will change. And so if things need to change, then change them, right? If you are not sure how to kind of teach this values concept, 
if you are familiar with the values concept that I share for individual use, right, which is I, I usually just share the Brene Brown example. Um, if you Google Brene Brown values activity, you'll get it right away. But it's basically looking at a list, determining what aligns to you, and then narrowing down from 10 to 5 to ultimately 2. You could do the same type of activity with your students. You could have them individually do it and then bring it all together to see what are the, the most common, right? What are the most repetitive values that are in that classroom? All right, the second tip slash activity, <laughs> as I'm reading through kind of my notes for this, I'm like, okay, these are really activities too, um, but that's okay. <laughs> so the second activity is to create a personal and classroom mission statement. Okay, so the personal mission statement, again, if you've done the inner work, which is kind of like my prerequisite for all of this, that personal mission statement ideally is probably already written or will be pretty easy to, to, to write. And then as a classroom with your students, you're going to write your classroom mission statement. This is what's posted front and center. I would review it daily. Like this is something I love when I see these in classrooms, but then it always is a little frustrating when I'm like, when's the last time you guys have reviewed this? And it was, you know, first day of school and it's now December and we haven't looked at it. Like this, make this the core of your classroom, right? And so when you're thinking about a mission statement, I want you to think about three things. I want you to think about the purpose, right? Why are we here as part of a classroom community? Missions, what is the goal by the end of the year? And then those values, what are gonna help guide our behaviors and our decisions? And you're gonna use those same three for your personal and your classroom. I am going to link in the show notes um, as part of my membership that I um, that I had in the past. Um, I did a lot of trainings on this, on how to create a mission statement on classroom leadership. Um, I'm going to post the notes from those. It's a little bit, just as a pre-warning or forewarning, it's a little disjointed because the video isn't with it, um, but you can still kind of get those steps if, if this is something that you're looking to work through. So just head to the show notes and you'll get access to those. All right, the last strategy that I want to share, last activity, and this is nothing new, right, is to pick engaging activities for the first two weeks of school, at least two weeks. I mean, really, it's ongoing, that focus on connection. We hear this all the time. That's why I said this is nothing new. But I think because we love comfort, right, and we're rule followers ourselves, we fall back into Shouldville so quickly by reviewing the syllabi and jumping into our curriculum, right? Now, I am not saying to go against what you've been told or the expectations that have been set forth, but I am asking you to question things. I'm asking you to share your voice. If this is not aligned with your district, I am asking you to have those conversations, again, not in a place that's going to get you in trouble, but ask the questions, right? And then, because we're going to focus here on what we do have available to us versus what we don't, I want you to see what room you do have and trust in those small moments. Because connection is built 5, 10, 30 seconds at a time. It is actually not built in like the day long, like we're going to just focus on connection. Because just like anything, that gets overwhelming too. Um, Se um, Seligman, who's known as the founder of, one of the founders of Positive Psychology, shares that, other people are the best antidote to the downs of life and the single most reliable up. This is why we build those high quality connections really, again, during those first few weeks and beyond. But it also, I cannot reiterate this enough, it happens in those small moments, those micro moments of kindness and connection throughout the day. So it's okay if 
you know, you are being expected to jump into curriculum. Now, personally, I don't think it's okay, but I'm saying if that is what you are being asked to do, right, and you're having the conversations, you're trying to change the momentum, but at the end of the day, this is the expectation, I'm saying even with that, you can still tie in these micro moments of gratitude and celebration and learning about one another. It's still possible. So you can have students learn about one another through simple interactions, sharing gratitude and celebrating early and often, getting your students talking and moving around the room. So you've got to do the curriculum, okay, but can you alter? Instead of doing a worksheet, can you post four corners around the corners of your, four questions around the corners of your classroom and have students move and talk and write and draw on ink chart paper, right? You're getting them up. You're getting them interacting. Can you do it a little bit differently than you've done it before with the focus of connection in mind? Share an interesting fact or quote of the day, right? At the beginning or the end of the day and look for connections. See what resonates. See who agrees and disagrees, right? Start small and build from there. And remember, we're always going back and reflecting on that first activity we did. What does the classroom sound like, feel like, and look like? Because now that you have that, you have a beautiful reflection tool that you can use anytime you need it when you start to feel that things aren't aligned in your classroom. Go back to the ideal. Has something changed or is there a new area that you are ready to now tackle in your classroom? All right, you guys, there you have it. Lots to consider, right? Because you focused on you. And now it is it is time to look into the classroom and to look into that classroom community because these are those steps. When we talk about reducing behaviors to challenges, we're, we're hitting it from the foundational level, right? We're hitting it to where we are helping students understand who they are by, by owning who we are as the leader in the classroom, but also allowing students to be leaders at the level that they're currently at. And that, to me, is your foundational behavior, what I call leadership um, consideration versus really focusing on, you know, again, the traditional behavioral strategies that are out there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you got something from it, would you please share it out, right? Let me know what resonated with you. I love connecting with you guys. Um, Rate, review, subscribe, you know, all the things. (laughs) And um, as always, you guys, stay true and be you. Today, tomorrow, the next day, next week, it's all about defining who you are, which starts with loving who you are owning who you are, trusting in who you are, because those do, I promise you, will help you define who you are each and every day. You guys get out there, live your lives, be you, and I'll talk to you soon. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.